Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. So Liz Truss will be Britain's new British Prime Minister. She's promised the Earth, Moon, Sun and Stars to the 81,000 members of the Conservative Party who voted for her in order to get their blessing. But she will inherit one of the weakest economies in Europe and certainly one heading in the wrong direction. What happens if she fulfills her promise to cut taxes and trigger Article 16 of the Northern Ireland Protocol? What will trussonomics look like? Andrew Sentence is a renowned economist and who used to set interest rates for the UK within the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee between 2006 and 2011. He knows the UK economy back to front. And I'm also joined by Seamus Nevin from Make UK. Although he's an Irishman, he speaks about the manufacturing sector in Britain. Good morning to both of you. Morning. Morning, Joe. Andrew, can I start with you, please? Just how precarious is the UK economy at the moment as Liz Truss takes over? Well, I think the, the big issue for the UK economy is the rate of inflation, which is already over 10% and um, could be pushed up further if we get these big um, energy price rises, which are threatened. Um, and that then has a knock-on effect on people's spending power in other areas um, and therefore is obviously a negative uh, influence on the growth of the economy and, in fact, could push the economy uh, into recession. So that's probably the number one item on the agenda and the area where the government can influence uh, the inflation cost of living most directly is through um, the energy sector and ensuring that um, energy prices don't go up uh, as dramatically as are, are threatened at the moment. And yet she has promised no windfall taxes on the energy sector. Well, I think the <coughs> the Liz Truss plan <laughs> is to... Um, I know you giggled. Pardon? I know you giggled. <laughs> well, it's to find some way of um, dealing with this through some form of borrowing, whether it's borrowing via the energy companies or borrowing directly from the government. Um, and the figures that are being banded around in the press are about a hundred billion pounds. That sounds a lot of money, but you have to remember that on two previous occasions in the financial crisis um, and during the pandemic, uh, borrowing went up, you know, very sharply, and uh, we coped with that. But the the issue, I think, for the financial markets will be um, whether that borrowing is is temporary and therefore it will come down again. Um, or whether it stays high. And if it does stay high, then that is a more fundamental threat to the stability of the economy. Okay, I'm going to bring in Seamus Nevin from Make UK, which represents the manufacturing sector in Britain. Um, I presume they have been dramatically impacted by soaring energy prices. Absolutely. I mean, the first day in any new job is always difficult, but I don't know if there has ever been a prime minister arriving into office with quite so full an intray. Um, as Andrew laid out, uh, the, the the implications of this are, are are very severe from the escalating cost of, of living crisis, meaning there's uh, soaring wage demands uh, on employers at a time when their cash reserves have been exhausted following uh, a couple of years of, of lockdown and the trade disruptions that that uh, involved, but also the, the changes in the market from consumer behaviour um, that came about as, as a result of that too. On top of that, um, we're seeing a much more difficult trading environment post-Brexit in, in, in general anyway. So all of these things coming together really form a perfect storm. Um, and I think the, the, the key thing for any incoming government to remember is that while the UK has energy price caps uh, for ordinary consumers, for households, there is no equivalent price cap for businesses. So we've seen stories uh, of some firms 
with their uh, energy costs from their provider going up by almost uh, 450% in some cases. And about, um, uh, according to a recent survey we did, about 60% of UK manufacturers say the increase uh, in, in their cost of energy are now threatening their con- company's uh, continued existence. So I think we're going to need to see early intervention from the new Prime Minister. She has said that she will set out a series of measures within a week of, of entering office. Uh, as Andrew mentioned, some of those were briefed uh, to the Westminster lobby uh, yesterday evening. Um, and there is talk that there might be interventions as early as Thursday. Quite what that will involve, we don't know. Of course, lots of promises have been made to the Tory membership over the course of her leadership campaign, but that is not a a party manifesto. Those were promises made to Tory party members, um, and the details were therefore left out. So we're going to have to wait and see a little bit, but I think it's a very anxious time um, for many businesses right now. Let me go back to Andrew's sentence, um Andrew, would she be mad to slash income taxes at a time when the UK government is probably going to have to bail out households this winter? Well, I don't think income tax cuts um, in terms of the way we normally regard income tax in the UK are on the agenda. The two areas that Liz Truss has talked about, cutting taxes or really reversing tax increases that um, have either been implemented or in the pipeline, are through national insurance, which is a is a tax on employment income, um, and then also corporation tax, which is threatened to go up, um, and she wants to uh, hold that back. Um, but this is another element which is going to feed into higher government borrowing, um, because uh, if there's less revenue coming in from national insurance and um, uh, corporation tax, then uh, the question is, you know, where where will that gap be plugged? Now, the the Liz Truss um, and her colleagues' um, story is that if we get the growth of the economy going, um, then we'll get more revenue, and that's the way that she and her government seem to be thinking about um, uh, the issue. But it takes a while for any policy measures to to really influence the growth of the economy, even if if they're effective. So that's only going to kick in after a few years. And so the the, the tax um, reductions that she's been talking about um, are still going to boost public borrowing in the short term. And that's going to be another worry for financial markets. We're speaking to Andrew Sentence, who used to set interest rates with the Monetary Policy Committee in the UK, and Seamus Nevin from Make UK. Seamus, can I come to you? Um, the incoming Prime Minister is expected to, uh, well... It's reported to uh, permit energy suppliers to take out government-backed loans to subsidise the difference between surging wholesale costs and the actual um, price capacity in the market. Now, that sounds pretty complicated, but will your manufacturers welcome such a plan? I think uh, most manufacturers probably would uh, welcome the plan. I think there's a recognition, as Andrew mentioned before, comparisons with the global financial crisis in 2008. Um, people realize now that we are, are really in unprecedented times. This is not a normal economic downturn uh, in any sense of, of, of the word. Um, uh, and that will require significant and, and perhaps unprecedented interventions. I mean, when, when we survey uh, members, the impact that this is having suggests that it's already looking likely to be bigger and, and more challenging an economic environment for many businesses than the COVID-19 lockdowns were, for example. So there's going to need to be significant intervention um, on the energy front. 
uh, as you mentioned, the, or as Andrew mentioned, the, the, the cost is estimated to be around 100 billion based on, on, on the plans that have been briefed to the lobby. But there are a number of other measures that I think we can we can expect consideration of. Uh, Trust has also alluded to perhaps reducing VAT, uh, particularly on energy bills. I think that would be very welcome. Uh, national insurance contributions, as, as Andrew mentioned, as well as essentially a, a payroll tax, a tax on employment. Um, and that is something uh, that is, is stifling business growth. And really what we need to see right now is, is not only firms surviving, but beginning to expand and grow again uh, to compensate for the, the reductions elsewhere. And business rates is a very inefficient tax in the UK that businesses across the board have been calling for reform for, for quite a long time. And I think it's something that the new prime minister is likely to be willing to look at. It's essentially a tax uh, 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 tied to the value of the land of the, uh, that a property or business premises is built on. And what that means in practice is that a small corner shop in the centre of a prosperous town can sometimes pay a higher rate of tax or a higher amount of tax than, Amazon. Um, than a big uh, warehouse outside of, of town. But it also means that uh, a manufacturer, for example, gets taxed on the investments they make in new machinery or in, in technology that will help reduce their, their carbon footprint and their reliance on fossil fuels, which is obviously something right now uh, that is, is really counterproductive. So there are a number of other measures um, that I think businesses will be hoping for. And a big one that hasn't really been talked about during the the Tory leadership campaign for perhaps obvious reasons uh, is around migration. So there are about 93,000 uh, vacancies currently in the, the British manufacturing sector. Those are predominantly long-term vacancies, roles that haven't, the employers haven't been able to fill for about at least six months. Um, that's partly a result of changes to immigration rules post-Brexit, the end of freedom of movement. It also uh, is a result of people leaving the UK during the lockdowns and not returning, so the labour force, uh, the migrant labour force having, having uh, declined. But there's going to need to be some uh, some look at that in terms of of what the UK can do to I attract think, and retain yeah, and that's, skills and as that's well. politically very tricky, as you know, Seamus Kim. Andrew Sanders, can I bring you back in? The unusual thing about this downturn or this recession is that the labour market is still very tight. Um, I just wonder why, why that is and whether that can last. Well, I think what's actually happened uh, through the pandemic for a combination of reasons is that um, quite a few people have... Uh, dropped out of the labour market, um, partly because they might have been suffering ill health, um, but also some people who've become used to not um, working, uh, you know, in the office or in their normal place of work, have decided, well, I think I'll retire earlier and um, uh, therefore bring forward my retirement. And then in addition, in the UK, we've got the, the Brexit factor, um, which is the B that, word uh, that dare not speak its name. Yes, yes. That uh, means that we are less able to tap into European labour markets. Um, so all these three factors have come together. Um, but we may be at the sort of peak of where we are in terms of this tightness in the labour market because if the economy um, does struggle over the next um, year or 18 months, which seems quite likely, um, it's probably likely that um, uh, the rate of unemployment will rise somewhat. Um, but it's starting from a very low level, and therefore uh, that may not be as um, you know, damaging as we've seen in previous 
downturns when uh, the rate of unemployment has gone up quite sharply. Now, the the, the Brexit thing, uh, it, it's, it's astonishing on this side of the Irish Sea that the entire British establishment refuses to talk about it, either on opposition benches or even in the media, that building barriers with your biggest trading partner at the start of a recession is proceeding apace. Well, I think we've ground ourselves into a, <laughs> a stalemate. <laughs> On this issue, um, those of us like me who think that Brexit is a, is a very big mistake have made our points, you know, for the last six years since the referendum, um, and they haven't really had much traction. We have to accept that Brexit ha- is happening. Um, there are obviously issues, particularly the Northern Ireland uh, issue, which still need to be resolved. So when Boris Johnson says he got Brexit done, he didn't actually. He um, he just kicked the can down the road um, and some of the issues are still yet to be resolved. But And Article um, 16 might be triggered pretty soon, according to Liz Truss. Yeah. But if, if you intervene in the, the public debate in the UK and from a sort of anti-Brexit point of view, you pretty quickly get shouted down. Um, and there's, there's no practical, I think, um, possibility that we can reverse Brexit. What we can do is to reverse or ameliorate some of the consequences of Brexit. So easing um, uh, labour market regulations, which allow more people to come in from the rest of the European Union, um, and doing things that make the the UK a more employment-friendly place for uh, people coming from overseas. Those are things that could ease some of these labour market pressures in the short term. Andrew Sentence, uh, former rate setter with the Monetary Policy Committee and also with PwC for many years. And Seamus Nevin uh, from Make UK. Thank you both for joining us for that discussion. I really enjoyed it. Thank you both. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on Newstalk.